0: Uh, thank you uh, for all that you guys have done to make this church so good. <clears throat> well, we're in the year, this year, we've, we've dedicated this year to the theme, Build. And it doesn't matter where you are, wh- what you're doing, Build is, is, is in us, whatever we do, if it's a relationship... Uh, Our ministry, our job, uh, our family, it all takes the art of building, which reminds me of a story. There was two men, they came, they drove into a lumber yard. One gets out of the truck, goes into the counter uh, and asks the the guy there, he goes, hey, do you have any four by twos? And the clerk looked at him and goes, you mean two by fours? He goes, I don't know, wait, wait. He goes out, gets in the truck, talks, comes back, and he goes, yeah, two by fours, that's it. He goes, okay. He goes, so, how long do you want them? I'll be right back. He goes out to the truck. He was out there quite a while. He comes back, he goes, um, we're building a house, so we're gonna need him for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that guy building my house. In fact, I don't want to hire that guy, I don't want... Would you agree that it takes a little skill to build? What's interesting that when I was building um, my house, there were a number of people who were out in the woods, they're going, hey, let's build our own house. And so it was couples, even if they, they contracted it, you're considered you're building your house, over half of the people who built their house in my neighborhood are divorced. In fact, they were divorced within two years of finishing the house. You see, there's something that people don't appreciate. When you're building a house, it's not a matter that you're just building this. You, the, the frustration, the mindset, it goes home with you every day. It gets into your relationship. Anytime you're building anything, it doesn't just stay on the job, it goes home. If if you have your own business, you're trying to build a business, you take that home with you. You take those frustrations home. And so if we're going to announce that this is the year that we want to build, every, I mean, every area of your life, again, ministry, your marriage, relationships, your family, uh, name it, you're bringing it home to your house. And so... There are some things that we need to prepare before we actually pick up a hammer or some type of structure of build in our family. The verse that we're using is Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builder's labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards watch in vain. So there are three essentials that we need to have an understanding we're going to go over all three. It says, build a culture, find a source. You need to count the cost. What is this going to cost us? And then the third, present your request. You always, if you're building an actual house, you have to go and get present your request to the building officials, and they say we accept this. The setbacks, the level. I mean, you have to do all three. You all three things. If you're going to be successful in this culture. And so the, the first thing we want to take a look at, number one, there we go, is to build a culture. And we want to build a culture of satisfaction. It's interesting that, <clears throat> have you ever noticed that personalities and language so go with what people do for a living? Uh, I noticed this, Rick Strombeck is a CPA, and uh, Mike McCubbin is a CPA. And so I'm talking to Mike one Sunday, and he's just going, yeah, he's very calm. You want your CPA to be calm. You know, don't make faces. You know, you don't, don't." (laughs) oh, that's another story. I have time for it. Um, You don't want to, I can't stand it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, when, when I was cutting down my house a million years ago up in Alabama, one of my old employees from Pennsylvania said, Hey, I want to come down and, and help you. I've never camped in the woods. I've never cut a tree down. I've never, you know, he's lived in the city all his life. And so I go, Great. So we go out and we're cutting stuff down. And <clears throat> he goes, well, I've got to go to the restroom. I go, Well, we're 25 miles from the nearest gas station. And he goes, well, what do you do? I said, see that tree? He goes, you're kidding me. The city boy. I go, no. And he goes, well, where's everything else I need? to find it around here, some leaves or whatever. So he's gone for quite a bit of time, and he comes back. He's got a twig hanging out of his mouth. He goes, yeah, took care of business. I said, wow. I didn't realize you weren't allergic to poison ivy. He goes, Poison, what I said, poison ivy, because that's what you got in your mouth. He went, it was, and it was almost immediate. It's like, well, <laughs> so by that night, he was not feeling good at all. He's like, I, I, got, I, got, I got some problems. So we go into town, we go to the doctor, we go to the emergency room, and he, the doctor's going, how oh, did you get all that poison ivy on your lips? He goes, well, I was fucking on it. <laughs> he goes, do you have it anywhere else? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear they close the curtain, and I'm standing outside the curtain. I hear a belt buckle hit the ground, and the doctor went, oh, my word. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. You... That doctor is supposed to have a bedside manner, and he didn't. <laughs> but, you know, when you have CPAs, you're supposed to have a demeanor. If you, you always tell when a lawyer, you know, get some lawyers together. They have, they have a look, a demeanor about them. And I don't know if it's their profession or if it's sometimes it's just their culture. You know, like you meet somebody going, you're going to be a CPA. You know, and it's funny that when I was talking to Mike and Rick came up, Mike was just, yeah, yeah, I had a great day. They start talking about CPA stuff, and they're animated, and they're using words that I have no idea what they're talking about. They have their own language. It's like, actually, it's their own culture. And you meet lawyers. And you go downtown, if you're downtown Orlando, you can spot the lawyers going to lunch. That's a lawyer, that's a lawyer, that's a lawyer. They have a look, even... Uh, Dr. Crystal when she goes to the different schools to present lovely to the principals she always takes Linda weekly with her who was a principal and, and I said what does Linda do? She goes they immediately know that she's an educator because of the language and the way they phrase things they speak a different language he goes I immediately have clout because they know that I'm with an educator. And said, and then Linda just, once they find out that Linda talks the language, she goes, they don't even talk to me. There is a culture that we enter. And the Bible says, you know what? There is a culture, and it, it, if you're going to build, you need to build a culture of satisfaction. You see, we, when, when I graduated high school, We graduated high school and we were talking about all that we were going to do. All the, you know, the sky was the limit. We're going to go build this. We're going to go make that. Nothing was going to stop us. We had a, we just had a culture of you can do it. But you talk to high schoolers today, the culture has changed. Now there is this culture of perceived scarcity. There's not enough. It's for someone else, but not me. This perceived scarcity is, is a complete change in the culture. The, 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 the haves and the have-nots. You know, this is all I'm going to ever get. And then we have conversations at work with other people. You know, it's just like, uh, there's, just, there's just not enough time in the day. And then you go to bed at night and you go, I didn't get enough done. And you wake up in the morning and you go, I didn't get enough sleep. It's like, what? It's the culture of sucking us in there that we have this perception of not enough. Not enough time. Not enough money. Not enough good looks. Not, you know, it's just not enough. And this perceived scarcity becomes a culture. Well, just like a CPA has a culture, they have a culture of success. Their culture is a dangerous thing and it's a wonderful thing. You know what what makes it dangerous? If it's a bad culture. What makes it wonderful? If it's a good culture. Because culture dictates what you believe. Culture dictates the way you dress, Culture dictates what, the way you express yourself, the way you carry yourself. Culture dictates who you're going to marry. You know, how's that? All right, you have a culture of being, living at the bars. Who are all your friends? Where are they? Who are you going to marry, an enemy or a friend? You're going to marry into your culture. If you go, if if you're hanging around wealthy people, if you're hanging around, if you go off to university, if you you, uh, hang around entrepreneurs, they're your friends and and that's where you'll find your mate. And the culture continues. Families and communities have been trapped in a culture that's bad. And some have been trapped in a culture that's good. People going, oh, you know, wealthy people, all well, their kids are gonna be wealthy. Why? Because it's a culture that they brought them up in. And so if you're not satisfied with where you're at, first thing we have to do is build the right culture. And the Bible tells us that we're to build a culture of satisfaction. You see, the other part of this is that some people think that there's only so much money in the world, okay? Let's just like, this is just, there's just this pot of money. Let's just call all the money in the world a pizza pie, okay? And they think that, that if they see somebody who has nine of the 10 pieces of pie, you only get one, that's all that's left, so I'm going to hate the rich person, That causes envy. I want you to know that wealth is made. It's created. Like God, God says, I made you in my image. I'm a creator. Steve Jobs did not steal the money that made him a bazillionaire. What he did is he made a product and people said, yeah, hey, I got $500. It's worth me giving you $500. So we're just going to exchange what we think has value. Nobody stole it from anybody. You're, there's an exchange. Nobody got poor because he got rich. He created wealth. And this is all about sat- being satisfied. If you think, you know, well, there's only so much money and he's got it all, that's scarcity. The money, the wealth, however it comes, you, it's created. It is created. We have a God that creates and he says, I'm, I'm, well, I want you to build a culture that that fits in. Now, now let me tell you, you know, there's, there's people who've been in the faith a long time. And, you know, they said, oh, well, I see all these scriptures. She says, but well, their spirit agrees with what we're about to go through. But their soul grew up in a culture of poverty or, or, or lack. And there's a battle within them. There's a battle with him that they just can't... You know, I believe it, but, you know, there's something in me. It's a culture you got to let go. In the name of the risen Christ, you got to let it go and walk in to the culture that God says to walk into. Walk into my culture. So let, it be, let his word become our culture. Well, <clears throat> look at some of these verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... In Him, we're not in a situation. We're not to be living a life that we're always in want. Said, so, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him, and that's the key to take refuge in Him. See, there are some people who want, 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 want. Their wants. You would think, well, God couldn't even meet that. They want everything. If they see something, they, I want that. I want that. But see, that's the truth of the matter is, is they've not taken refuge in the Lord. Because when you take refuge in the Lord, that takes care of a whole lot of needs right there. You can spot somebody who's, they want, they want, they want, they want, they want, they want, they are going, first of all, you've got to take refuge in the Lord. And that is going to take care of a whole lot of that. It said, fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him do what? Lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek—that's a good one—underline seek the Lord, lack no good thing, because there's things out there that aren't good that you may want, but they're not good for you. So, <clears throat> the the uh, this culture of scarcity is reinforced by the way we speak by not dealing with what was in our soul, by not recognizing the reality is that we live in a world of abundance. Things that we have not discovered yet. People we have not met that want to come along and help us to get to where we're going. If you open your eyes and you start recognizing, and I'm building this culture by, I am no longer gonna allow that lack, that sense of scarcity to come out my mouth. I am gonna start looking and walking and talking like someone who is satisfied. A salesman. Do you know the worst salesman in the world? Is a salesman who's in need, who's got to make a sale. The guy who's knocking it down, he just doubles the price. He, he goes, ah, I've made so much money. I'll just double the price. He gets the job. Is that not right? He doesn't look needy. And they're even more successful. In a culture, you build a culture of satisfaction that the Lord tells us that we take refuge in him. We lack no good thing. When you start walking and talking and dressing, it here's what it does. It It helps you to dress. It helps you with what words you use, how you use them to be more successful. You walk away from an encounter with someone and you go, how could I have done that better? You're always assessing how to look and smell this culture of success. When someone walks in the door, and I think every one of you would do this. Someone would walk in that door. Five minutes, you would know they're successful or not. Every one of you would. Well, the women would. The men were like, uh. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he smells pretty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you have that culture? When God says, if you're going to build, you have to have the culture. A culture of success. Well, it, it it's it's amazing the power of culture. It either destroys your family or it protects your family. Oh, let's take Corinthians. And God is able to bless you abundantly. I like that abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work here's what the word abound means it means to exceed measurement see if you're going to build a ministry a job, your character your your house if you're going to build, you need more than you're consuming. More has to be given to you. If you're going to build, you have to exceed. I have to be making more money. Why do you expand your business? Well, I'm making so much money and I don't have room. Why, do we, why, do you, why are you building an extra bedroom on your house? Well, I'm having all these babies. You, know, so you exceed, but you need money... You need patience. You need, who knows what it is that you need to build. But in that is you're expecting abundant. Well, you're building a culture. Let's just go on. You build a culture and you do that How you carry yourself, you talk, we went over that. Number two is you find a source. Finding a source, Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, you've got to look at this. It's so easy to read these verses and just miss what it is saying need is singular I have many needs no no you have one need the need is the Lord Jesus Christ you see it now read it again realizing he goes God shall supply your need which is Jesus you get the Jesus part down <laughs> according to his riches and glory by who your source You're getting your need met. Jesus is your source. Now, you have a job, they pay you, that's your resource. Okay. If what charges you is uh, is snow skiing, you know, well, that charges me, that's my resource. Who allows this to happen? Your source. Here's what's important about knowing that Jesus is the source, not my job. My job is my resource. My source, so I lose my job tomorrow. Crystal fires me. (laughs) said, you're out, I'm in. She fires me. She's my resource. I said, wow, as sad as this is, I'm so glad you're not my source. Jesus is my source, and he'll find me a new resource. That's how it works. He's my source. You can't take my source away from me. You can take my resource away from me. But it was he who gave me the resource. He'll give me another one. You don't have joy? Go to the source and ask for joy. You see? And so you know, a friend comes along who changes how you feel like. He's a resource from the source. He's resourcing you. See how that works? If you don't have peace, you go to the one who can give you peace, and he brings someone that will resource your peace. But it comes from Christ. That's your need. We've got to know. We've got to have that language of who your source is. Like, oh, I, I, this, is, this is my source. No, no, that's your resource. Get the culture by how you talk. It will change the way you walk. It will change the way people look at you. You know, there's things that that you may not want to do because that's not how you were raised. That soul is dragging you back down. Get rid of that and answer the Spirit. Get a healing. You're going to have to change some things. Well, Find a source. Your need is Jesus Christ. So take a look at this verse, because Psalms one twenty-seven again. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Now here we got We're gonna read. I see two builders here. Does it say the Lord's? Unless He's the builder. <laughs> well, I'll just I'm just gonna sit down. Go to it, God. Nothing gets built if I sit down. Why are there two builders? Wait a minute. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Is that a little confusing when you read it that way? You see, I'm kind of thinking, well, if he's going to build it, let him build it. He's not. Let me show you this. This is going to explain it. Look at that. Nice building, huh? Donald Trump built that. That's in Chicago. He has one in New York. He has one in Panama. He has one in Waikiki. uh, Miami. I think there's another one. If I were to give Donald Trump a hammer and a nail and say, put that in that board, there's going to be blood. He wouldn't know which end of the hammer to use. And I wonder if he's ever touched a hammer. But if you go on the internet and you put in Donald Trump, it'll come up, uh, real estate investor, master builder. How do you be a master builder and never touch a hammer? He funds it. We have God, says, let me be your master builder. I'll fund it. I'll source it. You build it. Unless we know he's the source, that he's giving us a resource. You say, oh, I worked so hard. There's a, a Shenandoah, Jimmy Stewart movie. It starts off, he's got this huge family. He has this huge farm. It's Thanksgiving. And uh, the, his wife has passed away. He's been raising all these twelve kids, and they sit down. And he goes, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll have some turkey," you know. And uh, <laughs> and one of them says, "Well, Dad, is uh, we need to pray." He goes, oh, well, "Well, pray for what?" He goes, "Well, for all this." He goes, "Well, uh, well all right." He goes, uh, "Lord, thank you for." Uh, uh, giving us this land that we cleared by hand and the crops that we planted and the pigs that we fed and butchered thank you for all that you've done for us (laughs) and they're going no dad that's not (laughs) but you know what that's true he just didn't recognize that he Looked at, he didn't look at God as his source he was looking at him as his source no that was a resource to be able to do that but God you see if God is not in it I don't care if you build it and you put guards on it in one moment it can be taken from you you can be overrun you can be overrun in one moment your life will change you want to lose your resource you better have a source And rely on it. And you know what? That source has got to be in your culture. You need to make a culture of it. So, build a culture. Find a source. Present your request. Tomorrow, we are starting. For those who would like to join us, a fast. If you, you know, some people are going to like fast lunch. Some people are going to fast coffee. You know, if you drink. Five things of coffee a day. You're going to fast it. Sodas. Something. Something that when you go to do it, like you, it's just automatic. Like if I go into the Seven Eleven, it's like I just go back there, thirsty or not. I just go back there, pull the cup, and it's a habit. So yesterday I went to do that. I went put the cup back. Because I'm I'm going to feel it physically what my spirit is hungering for. I want to hunger for for God, for righteousness. And and when you fast, as a reminder, what I'm doing physically, Lord, what I'm doing physically is what I recognize my spirit is hungering you. And then at the end, when we come up to the 24-hour prayer, you can sign up. There's different... Every hour is going to be a different topic. You present your request to the Lord. Just like if you're going to build a house, you've got to get all the plans and you present it to the building official. And he says, yeah, do it. So what we're going to do is we're going to, you're going to feel this. You're going to, you're going to feel the searching going on in your heart if you deny your flesh. So you know what? I, this is how much I honor you. And the Lord's going to put things in your heart, reveal things, maybe create a desire. And then you can come for one hour of the 24 hour prayer vigil. And you present your plan. You present your request to the Lord. Say, Lord, this is what I believe you're calling me to build this year, my family. This is what I'm believing you want me to build in this area And, and the, 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 the whole idea of fasting Jesus had something to say about it You see, John the Baptist had disciples And the Pharisees, they all saw what was going on John the Baptist's disciples fasted The Pharisees fasted Jesus' disciples weren't fasting. So one of, so one of the guys go, hey, uh, um, hey, uh, Lord, we're all fasting over here. None of your guys fast. Jesus answers, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? He was God with them. He was you don 't fast to be in my presence i 'm in your presence, because the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, then they 're gonna fast. Do you get it this is, something has changed here said. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? When he sent them out the minister, he goes, don't take anything with you. Don't take anything with you. And there's been a lot of people, you know, they said, well, I'm going I'm to go do this for the Lord. You know, What's your provisions? What's your source? I don't need any. I'm just like one of the disciples. They didn't read the rest of the word. He said, he goes, nothing they said. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. I'm about to go away. Things are going to change. You're going to have to fast when I leave. This was for the church while he's gone. So fasting was to be a vital part of this new process. Preparation for his return. We need to fast. We've been ordered of the Lord to do it. And just in Matthew, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled. I want you to know that when you physically fast, you are putting yourself in a a, a physical situation that you're hungering and thirsting. You're feeling the hungering and thirsting in your body. You are saying, listen, I'm doing this to honor the Lord. The bridegroom has left, but he's coming back. The, the, the dynamic has changed. When I'm with the bridegroom, I don't need to fast. But Jesus himself said, Go get a sword, go get a purse. Prepare. This is the new dynamic. Fast. Feel physically what you're desiring spiritually. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and there's a promise: you will be satisfied. Wow, it's coming. Oh, and read this verse: "Parent of child." So, do you have to change your culture? I've uh, and it's it's. Let me tell you, uh, there's there's some so many people who've gotten saved here. There's one couple. Uh, just just grew up on the streets. Handsome, beautiful. She had a degree. They come to church and they get saved. Just saved. He was a drug dealer. And. Just the loveliest people. They moved away. Uh, and I got in one day, they were having a big argument over something. And whoa, man, that wasn't Jesus culture that I was hearing. Hearing them fight. I was like, you know, I just, you start giggling. It's like, whew. you know, I haven't heard this language since I played football. <laughs> like, and you two love each other you know, it's like wow they needed the Jesus culture in their language some of you know who I'm talking to it's not about just this couple I'm talking about you when you fight you need the Jesus culture don't show that you grew up in the backwoods don't show that you grew up on the street. So soon as you get squeezed, what's going to come out? That's that thing holding on to you from the past, and you've got to shake it off. If you're going to take living what your soul's been wounded with, you're going to take what the spirit is saying to you. You've got to have the culture. I always told Sarah when she was doing ballet and she would be at practice and I would tell her, how do you practice? Like you're performing. She had a, they would have live piano at practice and the different, they had a whole bunch of different piano players. This one lady came up to us and said, Where's, what's, what room is Sarah uh, in today? We said, right over there. She goes, okay, I'm going to see if I can switch with her. I said, why? He said, because I love to watch her. She's performing. She took that culture in, and everyone knew, noticed it. Build a culture. Build the Jesus culture. Walk into the room, and people go, there's a godly woman. That's a godly man. I can tell by the way they walk. They're successful. They live in a a culture of satisfaction. Not this ain't enough. I'm believing, and when we pray in just a moment, I'm believing that you're going to go from never enough to not enough to more than enough. To more than enough. So we create the culture. Somebody's going to get squeezed tonight and be in an argument. And you're going to see, ooh, that wasn't good. <laughs> Great. Hallelujah. God loves you. That he would allow that to get squeezed and you have to go, Oops, yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> Clean up on aisle four. <laughs> Who's your source? Has it been work? Has it been a best friend? Has it been a man? Has it been a woman? That's a resource. Is Jesus really your source? And what, what you do, how hard you work, you, we thank God that he gave us that resource. And if I lose it, I'm going back to my source and say, give me another resource. I'm lacking in some joy. I'm lacking in peace. Go to your source, and he'll give you a resource to refill it. Then we gather up and we're gonna make our request known. We're gonna present it to the Lord. Once our flesh has felt it a little bit. Wow, I am way over. Let's stand. I've just been having, it's just too much, too much good stuff. Wow, wow. Well Father, I just pray for every man and woman in this building that they come to an understanding what culture they're living in. Do they need to remain and re- reinforce that culture, or do they need to find a new one? To bless their family for generations depends on what culture you raise them in, one of success. Satisfaction, or one of lack. Lord, every one of us here have the ability to create wealth. We may not know how, but I can make my culture, and my culture will give me that swagger that satisfaction comes with success. Father, you are our source. You are our source. Bless us with resources abundantly Lord some of us are going to come in a couple of weeks with our request to build that thing in our life and as we're going to build we're dedicating this whole year Lord to build this year is going to be one of satisfaction We break the curse that has grabbed onto our soul that some people even are successful and they can't enjoy it because they still have the guilt of their past. There's some people who are hungering for a better life but can't let go of the past. To both we speak freedom. Thank you for the abundance you have given us. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, can you give the Lord the first year? Shout, yeah! Woo, goodbye!